Welcome to this week's edition of Everything is Awesome. I'm your host, Kevin, and this is the show where we sit down and talk to awesome people about awesome things. And I know in a few minutes here, you're going to be listening to uh, an episode of this podcast where I say we're not doing uh, post-intros and outros anymore. And, uh, well, what do you know? We are. Uh, and that's because this episode that you're listening to uh, was recorded uh, way back in about 2019, I believe. Um, and we're finally getting to around uh, posting it. And I think I confused words. Forgive me. Uh, I'm getting this out a little bit later than I wanted to. Uh, forgive, forgive me. I am uh, preparing for a three-week vacation. Um, so, uh, you know, this these episodes are coming out a little bit later than I wanted to. But we're getting this one out. And then in a few days, we'll get the uh, 2023 episode out, 181, where we were doing a panel at uh, Fan Expo Philadelphia. And that will get us caught up. Uh, and while I'm on vacation... Everything should be in line with where we're at. But uh, this was a great conversation I had with uh, the one, the only, Aaron Catano Saez from All My Fantasy Children. Uh, he's also a voice actor um, and just an all-around good dude. So uh, without further ado, because I, I kind of blow him up uh, in, in the actual uh, intro of the show, uh, let's get right to it. Here it is. Uh, jump in your time machine with me. Get that flux capacitor fluxing. We're going to go. Talk to Aaron Catano Saez way back in 2019. Welcome to this week's edition of Everything is Awesome. I am your host, Kev, and this is the show where we sit down and talk to awesome people about awesome things. That's right. The the pre-intro is back. Future Kev is kicked to the curb for at least uh, the first half of the show before he comes for the mid-roll or the end of the show. Who knows where he's going to come in. But this week, we're sitting down to chat with... Uh, uh, someone whose laughter I think is infectious. Someone who, uh, you know, when you listen to his podcast, he represents, I think, the audience. Though, <laughs> as I've gotten further along in the show, uh, it's actually like it's it's amazing how uh, um, the script has almost been flipped a little bit. I think uh, I, I'm not going to bury the lead anymore, uh, ladies and gentlemen. From all my fantasy children, please welcome to the show, Mister Aaron Catano Sayas. What up? Hello, everybody. How's it going? Uh, I uh, you see, I I feel like this intro thing that I do, like it, it's a gr- I love doing it because like it kind of gives me an opportunity to like build up the uh, the the guest and whatnot. But like, a everyone knows by the title of the show, and b we're not live, so like I'm building yeah. it up for me and you. That's it. Hey, I, you know, building up the hype is what. Is what podcasting is all about. Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> uh, and sometimes you're your own cheerleader, uh, and you and you need. Oh, there's uh, you and I were talking off air about the box that blew away, and I see it three houses down. Oh no! <laughs> yep. Uh, uh, the box that blew away is the latest prompt this week. So, Kevin, what do you have about the box that blew away? <laughs> uh, uh, we need to roll some tables. Uh, <laughs> I'll tell you it, that um, we're going to like kind of hop right into it. And then we'll, we'll, we'll just like uh, the show normally is we'll hop around. This is in a linear show. Uh, so I'm uh, about, let's see, uh, let me check my, I was listening to it this morning. I'm on episode 70, about 30 minutes into episode 70 of Jesus all my Christ. fantasy children. Uh, oh my God. Now to peel back the curtain a little bit. The last time you and I spoke, uh, I was on episode 56, uh, which was, 
was it even a week ago? I guess it was about a week ago. No, yeah, it was like a week ago. That is, that is nuts. <laughs> so uh, seventy. Which one is seventy? Seventy is uh, is Tom the Tongue Thompson. <laughs> oh sweet God! I am so sorry. Oh my God! Uh, I think I I love it. I, much like the. There's not one episode like the episodes that you guys go on and say, guys, you're halfway through. Guys, we're sorry. This is awful, but we're doing this. Uh, (laughs) There there are a lot of times my favorite episodes. Oh, God. No. One where we say, like, I'm sorry. This was a mistake. This is the worst. They're always like the the what I refer to as like the dumb ones. And I I they I hold a place for. You've have you listened to have you gotten to Jeremiah Noodleman? Yes. Oh my god. Jeremiah Noodleman is quite possibly the dumbest thing we've ever discussed, but it is Tom the Tongue Thompson might top that because we talk about fantasy Bitcoin. Yeah. But Jeremiah Noodleman, for anyone listening who hasn't heard it, is about a sentient crock pot <laughs> with big beefy legs that like kind of shows up to towns like the Kool-Aid man to throw a party for teens. That is not cool because they only play jock jams. And I, I, my only regret is not listening to that episode sooner so that I could celebrate on, uh, uh, I, I guess if you go by the date that you guys dropped in the episode, it was January 23rd. I think the episode dropped on the 26th. So yeah. I, there's room for interpretation. I guess it's just a, like a three day festival of celebration of Jeremiah Noodleman. <laughs> <laughs> it is important to give thanks to the crock pot that, you know, that brings a, that brings the noise, brings the jams. I, uh, and I certainly like, I, I pray to God. I think I may have even added it to my calendar. I'm not sure if not, I will after this episode, <laughs> but 2020, I am celebrating uh Newland day for sure. Oh boy. I cannot fucking wait. We're going to throw a party for sure. I, 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 it's, uh, did I, I think I went ahead. I think I went ahead. Yeah. So that was, uh, you guys did that January of 2018. So I like, I just looked at the titles and I was a little disappointed that there was, unless you guys do it like as like a, a like just a quick callback in the, uh, uh January, 2019 episode. Um, no, <laughs> <laughs> we, we kind of forget everything. <laughs> that's fine that's fine i i I will remember for 2020 (laughs) uh and there will be a special everything is awesome episode in which we celebrate i think we're recording later today so we're gonna have to talk about this because i have completely forgotten about jeremiah noodleman day (laughs) that was uh one of my favorite episodes uh they're all they're just awesome so all right for since we're talking about it, for those that are listening that may not know what All My Fantasy Children is, uh, please give your pitch. Not Jeff's pitch. I want to hear your pitch. So, all I know, <laughs> not Jeff's pitch is a very good phrase because Jeff wrote, I almost started saying Jeff's pitch. Um, so, All My Fantasy Children is a character creation, uh, world building, and storytelling podcast. Uh, me and Jeff Stormer, host of Party of One Pod. And talking Nog, every week we take a listener submitted prompt from like Twitter or Google or a website and we create an original fantasy character and like create their backstory using uh, tabletop games and, you know, uh, character creation tools like books and resources like that. And we craft like an original world and kind of we figured out that you can create a world and world build by character creation and the fun that happens when you do that and you kind of have no when you throw any kind of standards or rule book out the window um 
the fun that you can have making a world that's like stupid, but also serious and having the freedom to do that through character creation is kind of what all my fantasy children is like. It's anywhere from talking about like Jeremiah Noodleman and his role in the world, because Jeremiah Noodleman has like a role in this world, but it's like a fucking sentient pot. <laughs> or we can talk about like, you know, uh, dusk sea breeze, this like elf who lives below the surface of the earth, locking away timelines with a thing called the shadow binder. Like it's all, you know, it's, it's pretty much like create com- complete collaborative story building bleh, with complete creative freedom. And it's my jam. It's my favorite thing in the world. And it's my favorite. It's just my favorite thing to do every week. Yeah. It, it is a blast to listen to. It is, um, it, it is one of those shows that, uh, you know, I, I happen to be since I've started binging this show, I happen to be in a good place mentally. But it is one of those shows that remind me of uh, the Star Wars campaign podcast where uh, I can like when I was down and out, I just listened to that to smile and whatnot. And this is a it's a show because at its you know, at its heart, uh, two best friends sitting around talking. Uh, which is my favorite type of show. And then you have the world building. It's just very funny, very, uh, you know, it's very improv and very, yeah. it's completely improv with like very little, like it, it'll pretty much be like, we pick a prompt and then like 15 minutes before write an episode. Or if like, we have an idea that's that fucking good, mm-hmm. like, all right, I thought of this yet, but then the rule is you have to spring it on the other person. Oh, okay. Like I can write as much as I want in like a notebook or whatever, but I won't, you can't tell the other person okay. you have to spring it on them. You go like, so I have th- like the latest episode, uh, I wrote a bunch of stuff and was like, what do you think of this? And only like two pieces of it actually stayed. Oh, wow. Okay. So that's like the rule of like, if you're going to write something or premeditate things, like they're probably going to get chucked because you have to pitch them to the other person. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. That's my, it's, I love it so much. So, so let's, cause this is uh, maybe something I, I, I don't know after talking to you guys so much about the show is. So the the process seems to maybe differ a little bit week to week, depending on if you guys just ran. So do you guys sometimes ran like day of pick your prompt and then other no, times we always do. Yeah. And then other times you have something like, listen, I we picked this yesterday and I have a lot of thoughts. That's why I want to record about it. So how it works, like we're recording probably in the evening tonight. I haven't even looked at fucking prompts. Okay. I have absolutely no idea. Um, But if I do, it's like 10 minutes before and I'm like, what do you think of this? And I just send it to him and he's like, yeah, sure. Or like, nah, we can find another one. Um, or if I was like, I've been thinking about this concept, you know, I want to talk about it in an episode. Mm-hmm. That's all we'll say. And then we pick a prompt and try to fit that in. Oh, like if we want. Gotcha. So it'll be like the latest one. Um, it was, I, I had messaged him. I was like, I want to talk about Callahan Whiskerman from episode 14. Mm-hmm. And then uh, I was like, I want to like talk about who I think this person was. And then I'm like, okay, so what do you think of this prompt? And it's fantasy's most prolific gambler. And I'm like, and then in the episode, we're like, okay, how do we mix these things together? But we make sure we do that on mic. Okay. So okay. you hear that it's like a process of like, 
two people actually work like we try not to cut out the work part right, 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 it, right. like we never want to seem like what we call magic podcast people mm-hmm. where it's like how did you think of that when it's like well, they didn't they wrote it beforehand yeah, yeah, yeah. we try to keep like the moments where like our heads in our hands and we're like oh my god i have no fucking ideas okay what if we use table fables a book resource because we are tapped like that will always be a part of the show because that's like honest and i hate when people try to act like they're fucking actually wizards right, right, right. You know, when it's like, oh, my God, I just had the greatest idea. It's this novel. And you're like, no, that's, that's you know, keep the keep the keep the work in there. That's why I like tabletop shows. Like when you hear them go like, I don't know what to do. And the GM is like, well, you know, don't forget that your character can do this. And they're like, oh, my God, because that's what like actual, you know, playing games is right, like. Right. It's you it's know? amazing how like the a lot of these actual play podcasts don't sound like an action like how you actually play uh at the table and that's okay because that's like a stylized mm-hmm. thing and like i get that like when they're produced and they mm-hmm. feel like uh like a performance oh yeah and i like that's that's one thing and then i'm always like and that's great i love those when i'm like wow it feels like i'm mm-hmm. listening to like an old-fashioned radio play but sometimes i do like hearing that the how satisfying is the sound when you hear someone go like hold on hold on Yep. And they're looking through like their character sheet. You're like, oh, that's me. Like, it's very a humanizing moment, right, right. you know, in listening to I, that. I, uh, because I listen to both types. I listen to the, the ones that are very well produced, and, and they're the ones that tend to be like the, 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 the soul, uh, music or for lack of a better term that I, that sometimes I need to just like forget life for an hour. Uh, and then yeah. the ones that are, that leave that stuff in that's it's just nice because like you said it's humanizing and i you know i i feel like they probably still have to edit some of that out because i can't imagine like leaving it all in because there's got there has to be a fine balance of leaving like all right let's take five minutes to look this up let's take five minutes to look this up but like hearing the dice roll hearing the oh i don't know and maybe hearing the flipping of a a character sheet real quick and yeah that stuff all kind of like just okay yeah these people are just like me they don't seem superhuman or super like uh like i have a, a, a an imposter syndrome a lot when it comes to podcasting or being funny in general mm-hmm. uh so when you when that humanizing stuff's in it's like oh they're just like me like they're they they need to like exactly. things exactly it's an it's a for me and like how our show works it's an important part of the whole process where it's like anyone can fucking do this you know what i mean because we an important part of our show is like you bring what you know you know, I, I don't claim to know a ton of fan, of tabletop games, but I have a lot of ideas and I've watched so much anime. I have a huge video game background in that regard. And I try to bring that instead of like pretending to be some kind of like tabletop scholar. And like Jeff knows a ton about tabletop games and anime and video games. But there's some things where he does not, you know, his you play to your strengths, you know, and it's it's an important thing to know what they are and enjoy them and, you know, and enjoy your collaborator's strengths and, you know, build those up as opposed to like, you know, and that's why the the imposter syndrome thing It's because like uh, come from like this theater background where they're like, you just got to fucking survive with what you got you know, in, in theater, because it's so fucking hard. And it's so much about who you are and what you bring that I luckily have that mentality and podcasting where it's like, this is what I got. I can't manufacture a tool set that I do not have. And that's okay. That's what gives me strength. Like my power is the fact that like, I come at this show 
um, without a preconceived notion of like what tabletop and fantasy has to be. Mm -hmm. And that lets me twist and turn things in ways that they're normally not while still maintaining like some sort of like, you know, with a strong structure of like storytelling. Like, I don't, you know, and, and I think it's, you can find a lot of freedoms and things that are sometimes felt as like, oh, these are my weaknesses or like, this is where I, this is where I lack. And it's like, well, that lack is actually like, could be a freedom if you have collaborators that are able to, you know, balance you out or like lift you up in that regard. So it's never like, I always, I always feel so, I, I hate, I, not that I hate the term, I completely understand like the imposter syndrome because I have it too in a lot of different ways. But I always just want people to know that it's just like, you know, you feel like you don't belong here. You're not, you're not this enough. You're not that enough. You're not this enough. And I don't want to seem like a fucking corny tweet of like, you can do anything you want. Mm-hmm. But like, it's, it's this shitty feeling of like, you know, you don't belong in a space because you don't feel like qualified enough or like an expert enough or like your execution isn't as good as so-and-so's. But it's usually based on shitty comparisons to other people. Yeah. When it should be known that like what you bring, just you, is unique because of who you are, your life experiences and what you know, that has like a tremendous value in terms of like a a literal value where I I love the fact that I bring up like a deep cut fucking anime reference and Jeff is this or a Final Fantasy reference and Jeff sometimes be like, I don't know what that is, but it sounds like what I know and it's this and then those two meet in the middle and it makes this cool like monster child story based on our strengths and i and i just i god i took a sec take a second to just encourage people if you're feeling like a fucking imposter like you don't fucking belong like make those strengths like your fucking weakness or these shortcomings that you think you have know that that's just a freedom for you to like learn it's like a if you were to walk into like an empty warehouse it's like potential kind of like you have the potential to fill right. it. It's yeah. It's it, <laughs> I, uh, it's, I, uh, I'm going to work this Kevin Smith reference in, uh, because you know, that's what we do here. Everything is awesome. Uh, he, you know, something that I've really kind of gravitated towards over the last, you know, uh, I've been doing this show for about three years now, a little over three years, uh, is like just being positive. So like the first, like, eight years of me podcasting was me trying to figure out how to make a buck at it. And it like, I didn't realize how much I actually hated podcasting back then because like, I thought like, Oh yeah, I really love this meetup. I really love talking to a mic and really love sitting around with friends and talking and whatnot. Um, and then, uh, I took like a year off or, or whatever, uh, cause I had kids. And then, uh, when I started back up again, started doing this format, cause it's really easy to sit down with one other person and have like kind of that, like, new co-host every week slash like new best friend every week to sit around and chat about whatever we want to talk with. And I was like, I'm not going to worry about like anything. And that's when I was like really deep in my lore of Kevin Smith. And like, he was really kind of getting deep three years ago, like really kind of pushing forward with his podcasting, um, like live shows and stuff like that. And like his message was like, just, you know, what? everyone can do this. Like everyone can have a story. Everyone has a story. And like that, is like how I've been trying to live my life for the last three years. So like, while I am not by any stretch of the imagination, really strong in tabletop 
on any level. I really enjoy listening to that stuff. I really enjoy trying to create in that world. I have uh, with with Jeff's doing that pro wrestling uh, game slam 2019 thing, and Hell like yeah. it, I was I, I wasn't going to force myself into doing it because I feel like forcing yourself into um, creating something is just bad news. But like the right things aligned for me to come up with an idea, and I was like, I'm going to fucking do it. And, and like, I have no real like strength in, in game design, but like, Hey, I got this idea, this little idea that I want to kind of see what goes with. And it's, I've been running with it. And, um, yeah. So like, it's, it's, um, while I always have the imposter, I think, I think it's hard for creative people to not have that imposter syndrome at times. Um, it's in part for everybody, right. I think, not True. to have it, especially when you have access via yeah. the internet to looking at other people's yes. lives, like and seeing successes of other people. It's hard not to compare right. yourself and get a little envious, and then you start looking inward and going like, "Well, where am I at? Do I even belong here?" It's it's super easy, and that's the that's the shitty part of having access to. Everything. to fucking yeah, anybody yeah. yeah uh but i think the important thing is like you know for me and i think anyone that feels that way and, and doesn't know how to kind of get out of it is is just do it anyway like do that thing anyway or find a way to do that thing or find something that's maybe adjacent to that thing uh and um and i think you'll feel good like i don't know like i don't feel bad like i don't feel like dumb i don't feel anything about like going into this game design thing because like it's a luckily it's a subject that i know like i know wrestling and like i found a thing that works and uh while like i know it's not going to be as good as say something that like i'm gonna i'm using jeff because he's just the first game designer that comes to mind it might not be something as good as jeff would do but like that's not my end game my end game is like hey you know what in the beginning of the year i said i want to design a game this year 2019 i want to design a game and i like finish a script there are the two things that i want to try to get done this year uh so like it's kind of like, I guess, like to battle my imposter syndrome as I just kind of make, all right, listen, I'm going to do this thing no matter what. I'm going to give myself the year to do it and then I'm gonna, and, and just get it done and then see what happens. Hell yeah. And it's 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 not so much about like, you know, making something as good right. as somebody else's because it, it will be good. It will be because it's mm-hmm. yours, you know, and like no one unless you're trying to be somebody else, you will always make good shit. Because it's coming from you. Like there's a, a line from a musical by Stephen Sondheim where um, someone's like basically like their great grandmother's visiting them, whatever. And it's like a struggling artist. And she says, anything you do, let it come from you. Then it will be new. Because like if you make something, it is therefore new and unique and original. If you're not trying to be someone else right. or force something to be. And that's uh, it's a big reason why like. I, you know, I didn't have a fucking podcasting background. I don't even play fucking a lot of tabletop games, but I was like, I want to make a show where like we use tabletop games to tell like really cool stories because that's the part of the, that's the part of tabletop that I like. I don't give a shit about rules and, you know, rule books and stuff. They're great. I like the character creation and like hearing who people come up with. Cause it's such a cool part of when you meet someone who plays games and you're like, well, what are your characters like? And they have this amazing story. It's such a peak into their inner self and like you know it's a moment that people can really let their hair down and go wild and like play and it's you know i have 
for you know in a lot of people's opinion no place making a podcast about tabletop games as i do not fucking play them or design them or you know i don't have a podcast show where it's like you know a sweaty show where we dive down the rabbit hole of rule books and we you know and i sit join aaron as he sits behind a cardboard wall like no i don't fucking do that and that's okay i don't give a shit our stories are bomb because they're Jeff and I. They're, you know, they're the stories of friends who, you know, have uh who bring so much of ourselves and our own lives and our own hometown. This isn't me fucking bragging. It's just something I feel strongly about. Where like I know our show is good and unique because Jeff and I bring our own lives and selves and towns and like passions to this show. So I don't care if people don't like it sometimes. I'm like, I know that story is fire because that's the story of like my grandfather losing his memory. And like, so I don't give a shit if somebody's like, no, I didn't really care for it. I'm like, I don't care. I know it was bomb and it made me feel good telling the story. And that's all I give a shit about. You know, I know that shit was banging. (laughs) And that's like uh, the, again, you know, throwing it, another Kevin Smith reference out there is uh, like, he's, you know, whether you, you're a fan of his work or not, like the one thing, especially like now in his like second half of his career, basically, where he's like making movies like Tusk and Yoga Hosers and stuff like that, where people aren't really like his audience is like, man, what what happened to Kevin Smith? You're making these off the wall movies that are not like I don't like them. And like he's he's his goal with every single one of his movies was to make something that he wanted to watch. And like that's something that I I take while also battling the fact that I'm not I I don't want to be a Kevin Smith I want to be a Kevin Gallagher, uh you know mm-hmm. battling that like fine line of like kind of you know listening to this guy's advice but also kind of forging my own path, um is mm-hmm. like I I love the fact like I. You listen, Yoga Hoosiers just not a great movie, but I went and watched it and smiled the whole time because a I can find entertainment in almost anything, uh, but mm-hmm. b like that's a movie that like I don't know how the hell he did it, but like it proves that you can literally make anything. Like if you have this stupid idea that you want to make into a movie, you can find a way to do it. Like no, like the only thing that's going to stop you is yourself from like not doing the work to get there. It's true, and like. You know, uh, I was just talking to Jeff about this because, like, there's a lot of things that get in the way of creativity in 2019. And it's like, you know, fucking being tired, working, you know, shit, life. And I get that. That fucking sucks. But, like, that's pretty much it. It's just, like, it fucking sucks. But, like, it'll you'll find a way. Like, you know what I mean? For me, it's always been... uh, like when it's hard, things are hard. I just go like, well, I just can't do, I can't work right now. I can't right. be creative. And like you take time away until you can be. It's not going to go anywhere. And that's unfortunately the state of like the mentality of being a creative person in 2019 is the fucking grind where it's like, oh, if you're not working, you know, what are you doing? You're, you're falling behind and shit like that. And that sucks because like sometimes you have to step back and like you got to fucking yeah. live. You know what I mean? Like you have to feed yourself and shit. And sometimes that's fucking yeah. hard. So it, it's it's knowing that it's 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 allowing people to see that and give people permission to be like, y'all, take care of your shit first. Like podcasting and being your creativity is not going to go away if you take three months off to start a fucking right. job and like start working and get some traction under you so that you can sit at your desk, not stress about making fucking rent or eating, and then really like dive into yeah. your shit. 
there's no need to be like a tortured fucking artist. Like, no, that it's all like a very shitty mentality. So it's like, I'm like, there is like, that's when I say like, you're so right. We're like, nothing gets in your way of being creative. Like nothing can stop you because like, those aren't stoppages. Mm. Those aren't roadblocks. That's just right. reality. The reality of being a person is like, sometimes you got to prioritize. Yeah. So like nothing can stop you from making the projects that you want to make because taking a break and not working on a project isn't right. stopping. It's this like for me in theater, it's always been like this poisonous mentality where they're like, well, you have an audition in six months. Can you really call yourself an actor anymore? And you're like, Jesus fucking Christ, that's so mean. Yeah. Or when people, it's like, oh, you always hear people talk about actors like, guys, I've fucking worked in 10 years. And you're like, yeah, that's fucking a lot for this person mentally. Like that's a lot. Don't shit on them. You don't also don't know their life. They might be like taking care yeah. of people or like handling other business. And it, I just always want to encourage this fucking mentality of, you know, prioritizing like your life always comes first, whether it's, you know, you have the time and you can bust out these amazing projects and feel good about them. Or it's like fucking working and, you know, experiencing the things that life have to offer that aren't creative, you know, uh, endeavors. And it's, it's yeah. fucking hard and that's reality. But like the, the good part is you can always find people anymore. It's, it's a little easier to find people who will be your fucking like support and strength when you feel yeah. low. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like I like working with Jeff is the fucking greatest shit ever because when we both were starting new jobs, I was like, Jeff, like I'm fucking training at this restaurant, like four nights a week, getting home at like one in the morning. I don't know how the fuck I'm going to make any of these episodes. And he's like, you release them when you yeah. release them. Like, fuck, like, don't worry about that. Like, get your shit done. Like, man, we got to live. And I'm like, oh my God, you're so yeah. fucking right. Like, ah, I feel better. And that's, that's kind of the, the thing that we try to push anymore of like, that's why I say like, we're not magic podcasting mm -hmm. people. Like, y'all, you get the episode when you get, I released two last week. Cause I was like, yep, we're just, I had the time banged them out. Here you go. Yeah. You know, I'm not going to be like every Friday, no matter. <laughs> I'm not a fucking, you know, the rather snow right. nor sleet nor, you know, that kind of fucking. No, it's like you get yeah. it when you get it, you know? Yeah, it, it, it's, <laughs> it's, I'm the, I'll be the first one to say, like, listen, you know, if you have like a thing you want to do, like, if you can find like that 15 minutes and in, in your day and work on it. But like also, if you need to like take time off and, and like, not do a thing for a couple of weeks or months or whatever. Like I'm the, cause I'm the king of, I, I, for nine months out of the year, I'm pretty good about finding an hour to a day to work on whatever I want to work on, whether it's podcasting, editing a podcast, writing, whatever it is. And then there's like three months of the year where like, you know, it's okay. This is like, I know that this next month is going to be, I'm going to, I'm going to start slowing down at work. Cause it's going to be like, the it's the anniversary of my uncle's passing so like i'm gonna i have to gear up for that and then the month of where, where my uh my uncle passed away i i just kind of stopped working and then the next month this is birthday and christmas so like i just know that for the like the last three months of the year i'm pretty much shit so like i know when whenever i talk to people I was like listen man like i'll tell you like i work do like the only way it's going to get done is if you find 15 minutes you know a day or whatever but like also if you mentally can't handle it like if you need like you, like we just said if you can't if you need to take the break yeah. take the break um it's very important yeah. because you're never going to get anything done if you're forcing yourself to do the work and you can't eat or you can't live or simply you just can't like wake up like you just you're just you're you're it doesn't even have to be like a, a limitation of oh i financially can't live it can be like <clears throat> oh 
I mentally can't handle life today. And I, you know, don't force yourself yeah. to work through that. Like that should just be like today we're recording on, on a bright sun, uh, a bright sunny Monday, because like I finally had a day that I could take for my day gig and just take a mental day from the last three, four weeks of like torture. Uh, and I'm so happy that like, Hey, I have a job that allows me to kind of take a sick day whenever I want, but be like, I just, I knew I needed a mental day. And like, while I'm still doing something creative, mm-hmm. it, you know, it, this is what I want to do. Like, this is how I want to spend my mental day yeah. is not working, worrying about the day gig. Yes. And like the work suffers when you're trying to force yeah. a thing to be like, you're not going to make anything good if you're at like fucking 10% right. batteries, like just let it go to a hundred percent, like, you know, and then make it or be at 50, you know, whatever. Just, there's never this. But people like it's I struggle I struggle with this constantly where I'm like, but if I'm not doing this, someone else is and they're getting ahead of me in this fucking race. And it's like, it's not a fucking race. Oh, my God. Get that out of your head. But like it's it's just easy to fall into these traps. But there's ways around it. And it's kind of by talking about it and making people feel more comfortable with like taking a fucking day away from it or a month away or a year away for it, you know, or putting it down forever, putting it in a box you know, wrapping it up and putting it in your closet and you go like, I'll take right. that out when it's ready. You know, when I'm ready to go and open that box, it's there for me. It's not going anywhere, you know, and then when I'm ready to open it up, I will. But until then, I'm leaving it in the fucking right. closet. Like, there is I, I, I quite literally have a box with my wrestling boots and my wrestling outfit and all my wrestling gear in it. And like it's well, will that ever be open again? I mean, probably not to actually wrestle. I, I, at 30, I'll be 35 this year at 35. I think those days of like getting hit in the head with chairs and taking bumps, those days are probably over, but like, I still have it. Like if I ever wanted to, I could, I could go to the gym and I could like get back in, in cardio shape and I could open up that box and lace up those boots again if I really, really wanted to. Um, but like, I know that like I'm, not only f- not physically ready, I'm not mentally ready to, to ever hop back in the ring, you know, at least I shouldn't say ever again, but like realistically ever again. Uh, yeah. And if that's the case, that's whatever, you know, there's more important stuff to kind of right, like right. think about. And, and it's, and that's the thing, like if you put something down or you put something away, like ma- there's a reason for it. And then you'll find the next thing that you want to do. Um, and it kind of goes back to me finding like a way to design a game. Like, I, I didn't force myself mm-hmm. into it. I said, okay, a wrestling game. I, that's like, I really would love to be part of this, but I don't want to do it. And I mean, it was honestly listening to an episode of all my fantasy children that I was like, oh my God, this is it. This is how I do the game. And, 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 and I, and I, and I just went down that rabbit hole and it, and it turned into a thing. And me, I've been going back and forth with my buddy about it. Like, Hey, like, how does this sound? Blah, blah, blah. And like, so it's just, let the inspiration hit you. And and one of the things that I think is I always try, whenever I see it on Twitter, I always try to retweet it at the bare minimum. And, and if not like retweet, quote it, when people say like, I was uh, 37 when I wrote my first manuscript and I was 45 when I had my first mm-hmm. published novel or like Tim Miller, oh, yeah. he was 50 some years old when he directed his first feature film, Deadpool, you know? So uh, it's, it's quite, I mean, I guess when, when, when it's your time and you pass on, I guess is the only time it's too late, but that shouldn't be any kind of, you know, roadblock you put up for yourself. Like it's literally never too late to start anything. Like who says you can't 
you know, start playing tabletop games or start a podcast or start a f- writing when you're 50, 60 years old. Yeah, the idea that there's a time limit on things and like if you're not this by the time you're this, then you are a fail. You're right. doing poorly. And it's unfortunately too all too common to hear things like that. Like I used to think like that where I'm like, well, if I'm not on Broadway by 35, I might as well hang mm. up my cleats and not, you know what I mean? But like, it, it's just, you know, priorities change. And my mom would always tell me like what you want when you're 20 isn't the same as you want when you're 30 and what you want when you're 40, it'll change too. And then 50 and 60, like nothing, everything is kind of temporary anyway. So it's better not to think about that stuff and kind of just enjoy, enjoy the ride. But really like you kind of just take things as they come and enjoy the process of everything, you know, like all my fantasy children is not like, some profit God, like where I can work free, like I can work from home and, you know, my bills are taken care of, but like, it is genuinely the thing that brings me just the most joy making. And like, I love that about it. It's just, that's all it is right now is to me, it's the most creatively satisfying thing I have ever worked on. And I love it for that. And it's my favorite thing to work on every single week or think about every day. And that's yes. okay. and I think it's important to have even if you have multiple things going, it's important to have that at least that one thing that like you just are like, this is the thing I love. And it's like so it means so much to me. And it's like I don't care like that. That was the biggest eye opener for me because like I, I say podcasting in general is like that's that's the medium that I just truly love and, I, and the community that I feel I'm part of. And it's it's you know like i said earlier in the show the first eight years of me podcasting was me trying to figure out how to make a buck off of it and i i mm-hmm. since starting everything is awesome in 2016 it was about like hey let me just have a good time let me have fun podcasting and yeah. like it turned into like while this show is definitely not the most successful thing i've ever done i've definitely done things that have had a lot more downloads a lot more live views and stuff like that that doesn't matter to me. Like I have fun sitting here and chatting, you know, this week I'm chatting with Aaron next week. I'll be chatting with whoever, you know, and I, I've, I've sat down and I've chatted mm-hmm. with literally my best friends and I've sat down and, sh- and talked to strangers and, and whether they are uh, people of note or not, like, it's just fun for me to sit down and have like kind of a controlled conversation where like, Hey, I know we're going to sit down and talk for an hour and it could be about, your podcast for the entire time, or it could be about Batman. Mm-hmm. Like who knows what we're going to talk about, but it's, it's, it's just the most like f- fun I have, you know, podcasting now is the stuff that just makes me smile. And I don't have to worry about, Oh, let's see. I had 20 downloads last week. Let's hope I have uh 25. This like, who cares? Who cares about? Yeah. Chasing numbers is it's easy right. to do though. That's the problem. It's easy to chase numbers, especially when people share right. them very openly who have right. gigantic audiences. Once again, it comes back to the comparison part where you go like, well, you think of yourself like, well, where am I at? You know, in that regard, where am I at compared to that? And you're like, that's their fucking, I hate the phrase like that's their journey, but like, it's true. We're like, that's got nothing right. to do with me. You know, that's their shit. And I need to accept the fact that I am not, that's not me and they'll never be a part of me but it's it is easy to once again fall into pitfall pit holes and 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 i I, like one of the conversations i love having with like people that want to start a podcast is like you know listen you know start one absolutely like if you if you have an idea you should start one and like the only negative i have to say to it is that like sometimes it costs money like other than other than other than that it's it's a very expensive hobby but other than that like 
here's like expectations. Like, don't be Mark Marin. Don't be, you know, Kevin Smith or, or Adam Carolla. Like, you're not going to get those numbers. Like, no one gets those numbers unless you already have that. If you're that personality that has an established fan base of that many million people, I was like, you know, it's the fun numbers that I've read is like the average podcast gets 150 at tops a week downloaded. So like that, that's like a very small goal that like even if you hit, you don't even have to worry about hitting that. But like that's just like if you're looking for a realistic number, like 150 people are going to download your show and that's fine. And and the way I look at it is like I'm happy when like I go do a live show and like if one person shows up, okay. Like I'm, I'm there for me more than anybody else. And that's what you should be doing mm-hmm. a podcast for is for yourself. And like, I say, listen, if you're going to do it, like here's other, like commit yourself to 10 episodes. Cause then you'll know if you love it or not. Cause, cause 50% of the podcasts that hit 10 episodes don't go past that. So it's like, you know, just, you know, if you can make it to 10, if you can make it to 25 or 50, like that's all success. Like if, if you, need to find the ways to smile like and if you want to look at numbers for whatever reason you know you need to Mm -hmm. like realize that not everyone hits 10 episodes a lot of people bail out after two episodes so like those little things are success and look at those little successes and they all add up to what i think is just like whether they're brand successes or huge successes or just your person like for me it's just all personal success like hey i I hit episode 150 or i'm gonna i'm I'm probably gonna be hitting episode 200 in in, by july you know like those are like hey man like i've never done a podcast that's gone past 167 episodes so like when i get around to 168 that's a success for me like that's gonna be awesome so it's i think it's very important to um to, to not worry about the numbers and, and just set up little milestones for yourself so that you have your personal successes. Um, and that's all you need to do. Yeah. It's all, it's just about, if you're making something that you enjoy making, you can't go fucking wrong. Like if somebody tells me like, I liked you, this episode, it it made me, you know, it made me feel something nice. I'm always like, Oh fuck, then we're succeeding. Good. That episode was good and moving forward, you know, we'll we'll keep that in mind how like this kind of material can connect to people, you know, uh, on a personal level. And I'm like that good mission accomplished. Like as soon as people are like, oh, man, it just it made my commute so much better. Like I just it made me, you know, emotional or it made me happy. You know, I'm like, oh, good mission accomplished. I feel very good about that. Um, And then like moving forward, you just kind of focus on those things. And, you know, it's it's you take the small victories when you can get them and you hang on to them because, you know, you got you got to, you know, you don't think of it as like, well, I'm trying to make this my career. So it's just like, well, whatever. That's, you know, you do whatever you want. You see this however you want. But if you're not fucking enjoying it, just right. Right. Stop. Life is too short to be doing that kind of thinking. these days. so I uh, let's 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 go into maybe a more linear path with some origin points here. Uh, and since we've been talking okay. podcasting, creative work, let's let's start with that. Uh, it, I kind of see it's hard because we, we've again peeling back the curtain a little bit. We had this conversation a little bit already. So um, I, I, mm-hmm. I do. I feel like this. The, they kind of coincide or one leads to the other. So let's start with uh, your role playing game origin because i feel like that is yes. what leads into the podcasting for you correct yeah absolutely um so my role-playing game origin is um 
I got invited. I hung out with Jeff in high school a lot. And then in college, um, I, you know, I knew Dust Jeff. Uh, I knew Jeff played a lot of Dungeons and Dragons and just like, you know, that was the game back mm-hmm. then. I'm pretty sure that everybody played like Jeff used to wear his number one Dungeon Master T-shirt. <laughs> it's a very good T-shirt. Um, and uh, I didn't know anything about it because, you know, it was just kind of harder to find information about what it really was. It was just something that like, you know, you knew nerds played it, but it was like a different right. kind of nerd at the time. It was like, oh, well, I'm not a Dun- Dungeons and Dragons nerd. I like mm-hmm. I like video games. Yeah. And it was like two different things. So Jeff eventually invited me to play Dungeons and Dragons. when We were like in college because all of our mutual he had and all of our mutual friends had been playing this and I had no fucking idea. Everyone's like, oh, yeah, we used to do that from time to time. Um uh, Jeff would DM and we would play D&D and uh, we had these characters. Here's the stories Jeff took us on. And I was like, oh, my God, I'm the only I'm missing out on this phenomenon. I got to get on this train. And so Jeff led me by the hand through the dark world of, you know, Dungeons and Dragons. And I started playing and I fell in love with the kind of freedom that it gives you. Um, and that that is something I hooked on to greatly because it's kind of like it can become your video game fan right. fiction come to life. You know, if you decide to play that way, and that was very appealing to me as a young as yes. a young nerd. It's uh, it, it's and it's one of those things where I don't play it too often, like actual tabletop. Uh, I don't really play video games all mm-hmm. that often uh, anymore either. But um, the you know, it's something where like it's just a nice place to escape for you know a night. Uh, you don't have to yep. deal with the BS yep. that's going on in the real world and you can just kind of deal with the BS that's going in, in the fake world. And, you know, especially, you know, when you're playing with a group of friends that, that you, you know, everyone knows each other really well, you know, that, that BS is usually just comedy BS that, that you're creating for the fiction versus like, you know, any kind of, mm-hmm. you're not going to really, you know, unless you're playing with strangers, you're not going to come across yes. like the crossing any kind of lines or veils or anything like that. Yeah, yeah, like yes. yes. Uh it's 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 just a fun safe space I think to uh to to let your nerd out. Uh because everyone 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 has that nerd in them. Uh I don't care who you are, what how much football you watch. Uh you you are so cuz at that point you're a football nerd. Like that's uh, Will Will Wheaton has this incredible video that I'll have to find the link for and put it in the show notes where um, he is at a con and doing a Q&A and some little girl asked this question of like, um, what do I do when like people call me a geek or a nerd or something along those lines? And it's like a, a five minute like spiel that, that Will Wheaton goes on that like bring almost brought me to tears. Like I wish Will Wheaton was my dad when I was a kid. And, uh, (laughs) like basically is telling the girl, like, don't mind them because you know what they are, you know, whatever you love and you're passionate about, that's what you're, you're a nerd. You're a nerd about that. Like they, they, they really love football and and they really loved all those numbers in football and what those stats mean. And they're a football nerd. So like, don't pay any attention to them. Like, don't let them you know, control you, you be you and do the things that you love. And, and, and that, you know, you'll just be a good person. Um, yeah, it's, it, yeah. it's an incredible video that I'm not doing any justice trying to sum up. <laughs> no, but it makes a lot of sense that like I've, I've my, my, uh, melding of like in my life, having like this, this theater, you know, went to theater school and stuff like that. And that melding with like nerd stuff, you learn a lot about like the reality of things 
and where it's like, you know, why, why aren't theater actors paid the same as TV actors or movie actors? And it's like, well, they're not as commercially viable. And, you know, like if, you know, an actor on in Wicked on Broadway would get paid $20 million. Unfortunately, if 40,000 people showed up live yeah, to yeah. watch it every week, you know what I mean? And like that passion for and it's an unfortunate reality of like certain things just aren't as commercially viable as others. And so like being a football nerd and all that stuff, you know, football is cool in the world we live in. It's like it's normalized, whereas like the things that we call nerdy or like eccentric mm are creative because you know the unfortunately the world we live in is like things that are imaginative and artistic are you know considered like secondary compared right, to right. things that are profitable like watching football and stuff like that so it is this shitty but that's like that is kind of on a yeah, it's I, on a shift right now where right, like right. game of thrones is literally the most yeah. popular show on like the fucking yeah planet, I, I almost feel you know? like I, I like to be a person who loves um, fantasy or superheroes or comic books or uh, video games. Like it, it's actually, I think the perfect time to like be alive. Cause I don't think, and I don't know, I'm not, I'm not in high school, so I can't speak for the high schoolers, but, but I feel like yes. it's you get <laughs> shit on less for that stuff now than you did when we were in high school. I, I, I don't know. I'm, I'm assuming because it is, it seems so popular or maybe it's because I just, Right. And I understand the assumption completely. Like the, you, it makes a lot of sense where, because I mean, also uh, right. it, it, it's, it's the internet. Like let's, let's be real. Like it's easy to reach out and right, meet right, right, people right. with similar interests. Like you don't have yes. to go to the D and D club anymore. You know, like Jeff is the only person I knew who actively was like, I play a game called Dungeons and Dragons. Like it's literally one right. fucking right. person. You know, like the fact that that is a reality I live, not that it's like some kind of dark fucking timeline, but I mean, like, I truly didn't even know what the fuck it was. I couldn't even look anything up about it. I was like, I know it, you heard about it, some tabletop thing. So like the fact that it is a great time to, quote, be a nerd. And like, because if you have this hobby that is or this interest in being anything like creative or not you know sports or whatever is like you know they're putting on like fucking fox abc cbs you know if you have an interest in things that are outside of that realm of like commercial viability right. and what's on tv pretty much because tv used to be yeah, the yeah. only way you got information and so now the with the internet it's like the world opens up to you in a way that like you can just learn about these things and you can go oh like you know i remember being like i like this thing called japanimation because on fucking channel 11 at 7 a.m that's what they were calling dragon ball z and that's the only way i knew but when other people were like what the fuck it's called anime you idiot and like how you get it is go to west coast video and in the back you rent all the the, the vhs tapes but now it's like the the information that you have and you can see that like there's communities that build up it's just like you know through the course of time and geo cities or whatever they were called those fucking websites it, it's just easier to find people with like interests and you can learn about an interest and learn that right. you might not like it after all or that you are like deeply passionate about things it's just so much easier to fucking learn that like it is a great time to be a nerd like if i want to learn about fucking like i didn't read a lot of comic books as a kid my brother was like the biggest comic books nerd whereas i like the universe and i like the powers and i like the characters so now most of my references right. i just scroll through like the wikis that people work on and i learn about 
all that kind of stuff that way. It's the only way I've learned most of like the, I have a fucking well of knowledge of like the Marvel universe. It ain't through reading comics and like, and that's okay. People might shit on me for that, but I'm like, I still know it. You know, I still like it, but it's a great time to be alive that I can just go, I want to learn about this today. Or I can watch a fucking YouTube video of someone explaining it to me. Like that's dope. It is so like the fact that we have fucking podcasts. We're on a commute. I learned from the fucking stop, hack, and roll guys about Power by the Apocalypse tabletop games. I'm like, how the fuck would I have ever learned this? Besides ordering a book from, I don't even, or going to my game store, which has value. Those are wonderful resources. And like asking. But now I can just like, I learned on the train how Powered by the Apocalypse games work. Like that's, what are you kidding me? What are the fucking Jetsons? And that's why it's so, I mean, but like, I mean, but bringing it back to like all my fantasy children, like that's why I've been, you know, so adamant working with Jeff about like, we have the potential to make a show that like makes people feel good and, you know, have this image of a character that is uniquely theirs. It's that wonderful feeling that you get when you read a book where you're like, oh, that's that's my version of Roland Deschane from The Dark Tower. Like, I always love these conversations talking about Stephen King's Dark Tower being like, what does your Roland look like? You know, and everybody always has like, they describe him as this, but I always saw him as this. And I always saw Eddie as this and that. I was like, what if we could kind of capture that feeling, you know, by being as vague as humanly possible? Like, we will never talk about what people fucking look like. We used to, and it was like, meh. And now it's like, what if you can capture that joy of being like, all we know is that they use these pronouns. Everything else is completely up to you and how you want to interpret this character and what who they are who they are will mean something different to so many different people. And it's because we have this audio medium that I can, it's like having a fucking, it's like a radio drama back in the day. And it's so cool that you can just beam it to your fucking phone and have someone be like, I drove to work and listened to the story of Eliza and Callahan. And it was, it fucking moved me. And you're like, that is, that is for me. Like, that's where I go when people say like, well, no one listens to my podcast. I'm like, do you much power you have? You know, to be like, you can reach out and touch even three people, you know, and have them say like, you know, I was brought to tears by your fucking interview show or your audio drama show, your tabletop show. It taught me something I did not know. That is fucking juice. That is power. That is, you know, it doesn't matter if it's 100,000 people. You know, if you met someone in person who was like, what you did moved me, you would feel incredible. And it's it's something to really grasp onto in this age of feeling small in an ocean of success. It's something you can really sink your teeth into. And people say, I gave you an hour of my time and I was deeply affected by you. Thank you. It's like you you should feel yeah, warm and it's, fuzzy. It's from something that, it's okay that um I would very recently I started uh trying to remember in every outro that I do, like to thank people for like, hey, if you're if you're still listening and whatnot, like thank you for for you know sticking with us and listening for an hour or an hour and a half, however long the episode is. And like because I know everyone's time, especially in 2019, when you literally could be doing anything, uh, you know, whether it's streaming, whether it's you know, content creation, content consumption, whatever it is, there's so many options out there in, in 2019. 
And like anyone that takes the time to like sit down and listen to my dopey show, like, thanks. Like, I, you know, and I, I, you know, thank you for, for listening. Cause hopefully you got something out of it and, or whatever, even if it's just, Hey, I like hearing your voice for an hour. Um, then great. Like this, like I'm very appreciative of anyone that listens to this show because, uh, it's, you know, it's, it's not like I'm doing anything different than the other interview shows. I'm just doing it with my voice. Right. But you are because right. it's yours, but, it, but right. that's what makes it so different and cool. You know, I can't hammer that home enough that like it is so what you're doing is so right. much different because it's you and you bring this fucking Philly, South Jersey flavor. I don't know if you're from South Jersey. Are you from South Jersey? No, I born and raised in Bucks County. Oh, OK. But right. it's that same flavor, that element of living where like, you know, about hoagies pre 2007. So, you know, the Wawa expansion. So like it's that attitude and that like feel that makes it so unique and it's like something right. that's so fucking cool is it, what makes podcasts so cool is that it's people's worldviews and you mm -hmm. can kind of get a peek into who this person is no matter what they're fucking doing it's uh, the, one of the things uh, th and this is definitely pre 2007 uh, is I, I used to travel for work and I went up north uh, for like the first time ever like to like the Boston area for an install uh, and we were doing an install at a hoagie shop and they're like, <clears throat> uh, yeah, uh, we'll give you a, we'll give you a sandwich on, on the house. What kind of sub do you want? I'm like, a what? You want to give me a view and a hand me a military vehicle. <laughs> and I, and I, was, I was like, I, I was like, Oh, a sandwich. Uh, I, I'll have a Turkey hoagie. Tur and they're like, wait, what's a hoagie? I'm like, okay, I think it's, it's a, it's a sandwich. It's a sub, but we call it hoagies in film. It, it is always um, still, even in like 2019, kind of fascinating to travel outside of the Philadelphia, South Jersey, Jersey area, because they still don't know like what, like a hoagie, like some places still just don't know what a hoagie is. Yeah. Uh, and my favorite is uh, one of my favorite, uh, you know, being from Philly, the Philly area stories is going up to like Long Island, New York at a restaurant and uh, asking for a cheesesteak and like they gave me like kind of one of those rock eyebrow uh what are you talking about kind of things and um they uh they said okay and they brought me like a literal t-bone steak with cheese on it on a, nice. on a hoagie roll nice. and i was like and i was I'll like take it, but <laughs> was like, this ain't it i was like i'll eat this but uh like, I was thinking maybe like minute steak, like, you know, like, it's, it is just so fascinating, uh, uh, experiencing other people's culture or like putting your culture into other people's laps and like them saying, Oh, okay. <laughs> and, and I, I do like, it's, it is, I love that, you know, all my fantasy children does do that even for me every now and then. Cause being, you know, for most part in the same area same general Absolutely. area yeah same general uh, area i had no idea what boost was until I, like when you guys first when you guys first dropped it a couple episodes ago in in my timeline i was like boost isn't it like like a, a protein shake and you then like <laughs> and then and then you guys started talking like oh this is something that's like very very uh, like like Mount Holly, I guess, uh, specific. The most regional drink. <laughs> it's made in Riverside, New Jersey. Like there's a bottling plant and like it's only in convenience stores, like locally owned ones in South fucking Jersey. It is like so specific that like I, I literally you're saying this. We're probably recording this evening. I'm like, I got to talk about boost again. <laughs> I, um, I, I can't even think of like something that's in, 
this area like i guess maybe some beers and like like neshaminy creek but even that goes beyond but even neshaminy creek sounds like the most fantasy town i kind of want to use it neshaminy creek excuse me can we stop for a second and be like that's the most fucking hobbit shit i have ever heard in my life Oh my God! If, if you could pull, I think all their named beers you could probably pull for like inspiration <laughs> of uh, locations or or characters from uh from for all my fantasy children. I'm about it. Uh, um, okay. Uh, so you know, I let's let's end on this. Uh, I think we kind of are, are at the same point where where we were last time. Where uh, I I'm gonna have to have you back on to talk more about theater and mm-hmm. acting and that kind of lifestyle that you also have that we didn't really touch on much okay but uh something that we touched on a little bit before that i want to re-talk about and and bring back to the table uh is final fantasy because that's something that you have a deep deep love for i had a i had a deep love for when i was younger i fell out of it uh, when I had like, I just don't play. I, I'm actually on a quest to play every single Final Fantasy again. Love uh, that. And and I'm currently in the middle of five uh, on my Game Boy Advance. But nice. uh, yeah, so Final Fantasy, I think is like that. If I remember correctly, is like your like real like exposure first exposure to what a role playing video game was correct it was shining force 2 shining force that's right that's shining right force 2 but also good. Uh, but um final fantasy was the first like the story the shining force taught me like fantasy tropes like it's about you know mm-hmm. uh two jewels were stolen by some common thief and then a demon was released and like you know that kind of narrative where like you know and the only way to stop him is by a hero appears and who can wield the magic sword like that kind of thing and that blew my fucking mind because how good is that that's so good and it's so classic and amazing but then final fantasy 6 kind of showed me like that jrpg character driven narrative where like yeah. everyone has a backstory and like people aren't just like stock characters some are but like you know for the most part everybody has like a point of view right, about right, right. why they're on the journey and that was when i was like oh this is deep this is way more than just like you know the local shopkeep joined your party why i don't know they they had an extra sprite you know, and they wanted to include it in the final development. It was like, this character is the king of this nation and they've been wronged by the villain and they want to join you. I'm like, my God, this is awesome. And I also, I was like fucking 11. So, <laughs> you know, for me, it blew my ass out of the water. And like, you know, it's, it was a big part of me developing and becoming like a young adult was these imaginative fantasy, like escaping the shitty drudgery of being an adolescent and a teen yeah. by escaping into these cool narratives of people a little older than me that were doing really amazing heroic shit. Yeah. It, very specifically Final Fantasy. I have a I have a big place in my heart for Final Fantasy four as well. And I think that was strengthened by the fact that they released uh four after years mm-hmm. and because uh, i'm a uh, uh, like like you i'm a, i love universes i love continuity i love that kind of stuff um and uh so final fantasy 4 like for a long i, I mean i guess until final fantasy 6 3 at the time for us but when that until that came out like i really loved like the the story of kane and or mm-hmm. I, well i loved the story of kane as well cecil is who i, I was meaning to say but i was 
thinking of uh, Kane. Hey, kill Kane uh, is some real shit. <laughs> kill Kane. <laughs> but but Cecil and or Cecil, however you want to say his name, uh, and Kane, like the, like they were like my boys, uh, mm-hmm. and, and they, they were like the. And then Final Fantasy VI came along, and it was, you know, uh, I, now I can't really speak of any other final fantasy beyond six because i've only i've never finished seven and oh. i've only really dipped my toes in in like eight and nine and maybe oh. ten i oh. own a lot i yeah. I, I probably own all of them because i usually buy them when when they're on clearance or whatever because i'm going to play them one day uh don't don't let the fact that i haven't played them yet aaron fool you i will play them yeah hey I mean, that's yeah, but like you gotta get in there. Yeah, there. And it's not like I. I am so deep down this well of like enjoying Final Fantasy that I know that a lot of it is bullshit, right, and like, right. and I know the imperfections because I've been like, you know, I've replayed all, like all my favorites at least like four or five times. Nice. So like, I know that they're not perfect and that right. they've aged poorly and that like there's a lot of translation errors and stuff, and it make them like in 2019 a lot of them are like, oh my fucking god, but. Like far and away, like you will have such a good time and being like, you'll experience media and you'll be like, oh my God, they totally lifted that from a game from 1995 Yeah, because Final Fantasy seven has such a place in everybody's creative internet age hearts of being like, it was the one and that and like eight that were kind of like pre-internet right and so everybody like could project completely on these teenage and 20 something characters there there is a huge generation of i i'm I'm gonna say the word kids but that you know they're not much younger than me uh that like that's their final fantasy is like seven and eight Mm -hmm. i guess and like oh, yeah. for, for me, it's six. Like, and, and maybe it's because I never went beyond six. But like, I have. A, and it also is. It's very generational. Like, right. I know that you're a little. I'm turning thirty two in August. Okay. So I know that when seven came out, I was fucking ten years old. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You know, like, so like getting a ten year old, their fact on like the first three D graphics, like I'm gonna lose my fucking right. mind. Right. And, you know. And like, I, 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 I probably lost my mind. It's like, oh, this is great. It's like three D. It's, it's, it's at the time realistic, which is kind of funny. Like when you look back at the final fantasy seven graphics but, <laughs> but uh it was like oh this is realistic this is great and and uh i like i the, one of the problems was that like one of my discs was damaged so like i never like oh, that, no. like you, i never was able to finish it uh that's why like i'm i'm actually at this point i think just waiting out the re-release so that i can play it uh but i am on the journey i'm on final fantasy 5 which is kind of bad uh but final fantasy like 6 i can't wait to replay that one because it is for me and and you're right it is very like it's amazing how small that generational difference is 3 years of like where 6 is my like and I do love that that the, the old school like sixteen bit graphics. Oh, sprites are the truth. Like Chrono Trigger is deep oh, place good. in my heart. Yeah, yeah that's I, that's a good one. Too. I I now I have I think it's not <laughs> on the Super Nintendo Mini. I think that is on the Super Nintendo Mini. Uh, I know six is. I don't know. It's also on. Uh, it's on 3ds if you have one of those. Yeah, so I I have to play. I have not played Chrono Trigger in. Oh probably since I, I have it on, on my uh, SNES cartridge still. Uh, so I, I mean, it, I'm just sitting in a box with a lock on it. <laughs> I, uh, one of the uh, greatest gifts I got from a friend, um, he went to Japan. Like he, he lost a bunch of, he, he was diagnosed with diabetes years ago. Uh, so like lost a bunch of weight to like cure himself of diabetes. And um, 
and, and then went like his reward was to go to Japan. Like his, he loves like that anime culture. He loves those fun, like, like just Japanese role playing games. Oh, totally. Look. I was just there in December living this fantasy. It was uh, great. Uh, <laughs> oh, so, oh, you went to, how is, oh, it, yeah. is it? Is it great? Cause I've never it's been, a, it's a magical journey. I mean, it's, it's, it's clean. There's very little street crime. You'll have an amazing time. The culture uh, is wonderful. If you want to go for just like a nerd adventure, that's totally possible. And like, you know, fun to do. That's completely what I did. Like I went around buying merch, seeing some sites and like exploring city yeah. of Tokyo, but like make no mistake. I went to the square Enix cafe. That's like <laughs> at their, at their office headquarters and like had final fantasy themed cocktails and desserts. Oh, I want to go just for that. Like, and also, and also to go see, I guess, Nintendo and like, check out that but like I, as much as i love nintendo I, and I, it purely rests on the shoulders of final fantasy uh final fantasy 6 is mm-hmm. like i i will never not love square and square enix and, and yeah you know, like they are forever like my they'll never i mean i guess they could do wrong and i'm actually interested to go back and play six because like hearing you talk about how they've aged like i wonder like is uh, ha- has that game changed in the 20 years since I played it? Or, or... There is no doubt that it will. There is <laughs> no doubt because like, you know, the cliches are, it's ripe with like anime tropes and stuff. Mm-hmm. And you kind of like can laugh at them instead of being like, you know, the first time I experienced Final Fantasy VIII's protagonist, Squall, is like the broody, sundere, like, mm-hmm. you know, dark protagonist who, like, doesn't talk. Like, I don't care about anything. And then, like, back then, I was like, oh, my God, this character is so deep. Meanwhile, like, that's, like, the biggest fucking trope in every anime ever, yeah, but I had yeah. never experienced it before, so it was so magical to me. Yeah, yeah. But, like, so you you experience these things as an adult, and you still get, you still get that joy of, like, oh, my God, how ridiculous. And, but also, like... But I still have a lot of deep feels for this. Yeah, it's I'm very that, that was like, I think that because I don't think Ford did it. It was the first one where in the battle system, you could have like two people playing and like you control half the party or Frank controls the other half. Mm-hmm. Uh, and like I just there was like every day in the in, in the summer that it came out, probably that me and one of my good friends, we sat down and we we played that game every day. We got. Uh, we got all the character. We got our party to level ninety nine, and we went on to face Kefka, the you know, at the, his final, you know, mm-hmm. whatever. And uh, like just like being able to do it, like getting me getting angry at one of the computer players that hit me and almost killed Locke, and I was like, and then I attacked them and killed my own party because I was angry. <laughs> and I said, we're not going to replace that character. They're going to lay there the whole time, and we're going to beat this boss without any, with just three. Uh, that's like such a fun, dopey memory of mine, uh, of that game. And like, uh, he, my friend that went to Japan, he got me, uh, I guess it's the Famicom or the super Famicom version. He got me that version of final fantasy six that I have in a box in my, it's in my shed right now. It's going to eventually go on a shelf in my shed once I, I, uh, repurpose it into my man cave or whatever you want to call it. I don't like man cave sounds, you know what? I'm going to edit that out. (laughs) (laughs) That sounds, I don't know why I've never said the word man cave in my life. You know, it's okay. (laughs) (laughs) It's my, it's, uh, it's your sanctuary. It's your fucking, it's your sanctuary. My shedio is what I like to call my it. Shedio. <laughs> that's I, what I've always called it. I don't know why man cave came out. That's that was real weird. Uh, <laughs> but that's like I'm, I can't wait to put it on a nice shelf. Like I'm gonna have such a weird like a, like eccentric collection of like wrestling and like uh, 
video game and podcasting like i can't wait to have that done but that's where it's gonna go it's gonna go to a shelf out there because like i i don't think i opened it and it's never gonna be opened if i didn't oh, uh no. because yeah it's it's just like a, a it, it has no i mean maybe it has an actual value but it has like immense personal value and oh, God, sentimental yes. value like, to me i bought a uh, japanese copy of final fantasy 8 it's literally i'm looking at it right now it sits on my final fantasy shrine shelf of my desk it's never gonna get opened or played right. But it means so much to me to like go to the country that made this thing that is such an impact on my life and just kind of like enjoy it. You know, it it, it brings me joy. That that series in particular is the the series that like introduced me to the idea of storytelling and mm-hmm. uh and and like is like while not like this like I never really cite Final Fantasy and, and maybe it's it's giving it a discredit to not but it, it's it is like a reason why like i want to be a creator of some sort or i want to tell sto- i want to be a storyteller right? i don't yeah. i don't like using the word filmmaker or or writer or anything because like i don't know where i'm gonna end up as a storyteller like i don't know what medium that's gonna be in so like yeah. storyteller is like the most appropriate title that i like to use makes sense uh and and it's um yeah that's, that's what gave me like i think like the the like here's how you structure sometimes a very bad story and sometimes like in six how you structure a good story and how you Uh, can use like music and you know to to enhance a mood or like using like it it makes me think of like so much of all my fantasy children is about is and how i see it anyway my half of the pie is old school final fantasies where you all you have is fucking sprites and some midi music and they like made us feel things you know, yes. with like very little visual aids, you know, because you couldn't look at those sprites and be like, I know exactly what Terra looks like. Right, you know, right, you right. would, everyone kind of had their own interpretation of like that sprite. But okay. it was cool to kind of like have your own version of these people. But anyway, it, it's, it, it is, it was a lesson for me in like how you can have very little and tell yeah. a complete story that can affect people. And it's a lot of how I go about like the show of being like, I don't have to put music in this to, you know, we, we can just, you're enough. That's like kind of idea where it's like, if you have a good idea and it's coming from like a genuine place, people will feel something from it because fuck, I played Chrono Trigger and I remember being like, Oh my God, I'm so emotionally invested in like a couple pixels clumped together. Yeah. Yeah. And, and that's how I felt for final fantasy and still feel about final fantasy six. It's like, mm-hmm. it, it's just, it's, it's, it's the, it's the first, like, I remember, I don't know if it was the year that it came out. It probably wasn't. Cause I don't know if I understood that you could like write a screenplay or something like that. But by the time I was 16, uh, I definitely like me and my best friend were like, we could like final fantasy six, could be a trilogy like that could be in itself a a three-part movie Mm -hmm. um and like it is the one where somewhere i don't know if it's on my external hard drive i don't know if it's on an old laptop it's somewhere could be even in a notebook somewhere uh somewhere there is like a definitely an outline if not a half written screenplay for like some for uh final fantasy the world of balance or something like that for the first movie uh and then an outline for the for the world of ruin and then somehow we came up with the concept for the third uh, third movie i forget what that was exactly Love but it. uh but somewhere that's it and then like i remember like 10 years ago i went through like i'm gonna sit down and play through all these final fantasies uh to like create a like an interconnected universe between all these games and I'm going to, I want to crack the code and write something 
to to put all these games together so there's one continuous storyline uh which i i only i did not get very far with i because I, I, I was hey, you know <laughs> I, I i was not very uh i was not uh, i didn't have a commitment level for that but then i did go back and start playing them for fun uh all the way through uh and and some of them are good some of them are bad some of them are just like wow this is i guess this is what you do in 1989 uh with yeah. a game but um, I, I, I want to end on, uh, you know, what? there was a note that I was going to end on that I do forget. But the other the, the I do remember the second part. Last uh, last time we spoke, we kind of talked about our favorite characters from Final Fantasy VI. Mm-hmm. Uh, so but you know what? I never gave you the opportunity to tell me what yours was. So uh, I'll, mine is is Locke and Shadow uh, with with probably a heavy leaning towards Locke. Uh, who are your uh, favorite characters for Final Fantasy VI? Well, okay. So I have a lot of feelings about this because it is like picking your, you know, telling your child or pet that you have a favorite. Um, for me, I, I have a, so right now I have like a wall. of It's a cork board with all the keychains and like lanyards basically that I bought of Final Fantasy characters in Tokyo. Mm. Um, I really like Terra a lot because I've always liked that story trope of like, I always like the character that, um, you know, has like this inner sadness and is trying to overcome that because there's always something so real about that in real life where like sometimes you're surrounded by like peppy people who mm-hmm. are like, you can do it, you can do it. And you're like, but I'm just so fucking tired, you know? Yeah, yeah. And I think of that in Terra and Celis or Seals, Celis, you know, God only knows. Um, <laughs> right, right. Uh, yeah, I like those two a lot, and I always like the gambler characters. So Setzer is one that I've oh, always. Setzer's right. Yeah, he's. Setzer's really very cool, and like the character designs are just so classic Amano back then. Yeah. Like yeah. of they're they're so just they they they're so like fully dimension like so fully realized. But yeah, I think Terra is probably my favorite character just because. That level of, you know, it. this is like such a – like when you replay it, the text is very simple. Like right. the translation is very not good. And mm-hmm. so like Tara's dialogue is like weak. It's not right. good. But it would always make me think of like, you know, what if, you know, if Tara had more to say, this is probably what she would say. And it's that kind of like tired character but in the face of all this still gets up and keeps fighting kefka like after all the horrible things that he's done and the empire still keeps going it was very like super sad superhero-esque you know and i loved that about her right i yeah for Locke, i just really love uh like i i love that treasure hunter kind of character oh yeah very like and especially around when final fantasy 6 came out i was probably like deep into my like I'm going to watch Indiana Jones all the time. Uh, and I, I was, you know, that was a character that I really, really, like, I loved the Indiana Jones game on the, the computer. That was, I think it was, uh, the last crusade where it's like, it's just like, like typical Sierra storytelling, click and click mm-hmm. and tell story game, whatever. Yeah. Um, and, and like that and, and, and the, just the, the, him being a treasure hunter, uh, uh, you know, remind me of Indiana Jones. I was like, I love this. Like that's, that's <laughs> and I was a big, like Locke and Celeste shipper. Like I, without, I say that now, uh, because like, I, I, I'm not, I've always said I'm not a shipper, but like, I guess I was, if I, I just did it with video game characters. Cause like, hey, I very you know? much wanted those two to get together. And like, <laughs> I can't, I don't, I, I don't know if that's ever a thing. I don't know if that's ever addressed. I, I'm going to find out in my replay that's for sure yeah uh, because I, I totally want it like I, I i want that that's my shipping for right now uh but and 
but you so seven and eight it sounds like are your actual like you you put them ahead of six a little bit uh in my yes for me because of when, when i play them especially i was like 10 you know 12 13 right, right. but um i know my 15 is my favorite of all time as a controversial topic because it's new right, um right, right. but it's it's about hanging it's a about a prince who spends who travels with his friends on a mission to save the world and right. so it's kind of like it's a they say it's about a road trip but it's about being 20 and turning 30 and take kind of owning up to responsibility and that one hit home hall, oof. it was a oh. rough one of like sometimes you just can't hang out with your friends anymore type things you have to like you got to do hero shit and that is not fun but you really just want to hang with your boys and so that one like it, it broke me man it was a rough one uh 15 now, is some heavy shit if i recommend i recommend that so much because it's really beautiful and it's new but it right. is about like a prince with his crowns guard who are like his, you know, his guardians and mentors on a trip to save the world on a mission, but he, no one wants to take it. They all just right. want to like stay hanging out in their city eating and stuff, but they have to do this terrible hero business. And it's that, about like growing up. It's terrible. That, uh, <laughs> that sounds amazing. Like it, I know I don't have to play them all in order, but like, I, I just want to spend, I want to take a week off from work and just play, not sleep, drink all the coffee and play through every single final fantasy to get to that moment. Yo, uh, it's a good moment. <laughs> that, that is, uh, that sounds like right up my alley as far mm-hmm. as like, uh, like, cause ever, I don't know if it's me getting older or if it's me having kids, but like, I'm way more emotional now than I was 10 years ago. Of course. And like, like, I mean, I, 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 when it's my fiance was pregnant with our first, our son, my first kid, uh, in 2012 when the Muppet movie came out and <laughs> we went, we, we went to go see it and, uh, we're sitting there and at the end, I don't know if you've ever seen the, the Muppet movie with Jason Segal. I have uh, not, but it is, uh, I, it, it is a wonderful movie. Um, I, I enjoy, it's a good movie just to sit them. I watched it with my son. Uh, he likes it. They, him and, uh, my fiance, his mom, uh, bust my balls all the time because, uh, very specifically, there's a moment at the end where Kermit has a monologue, um, about, uh, the, about like, like friendship and stuff basically. And like, I was brought to tears in the movie theater (laughs) at the Muppet movie. And, uh, and, and I get judged a lot, uh, by both in a fun way from my, by my fiance. And now my son busts my balls about it too. So that's a lot of fun. Um, but uh, yeah, so I, to play a, like an emotional Final Fantasy, which I'm sure, you know what, now that I think like if I go back to even six, I'm sure that would probably bring some emotions out of me. Oh, yeah. No, it's right. it's it's hard. It's hard to do those, especially ones that are special to you as a kid, yeah, because yeah, you yeah. as an adult, you think about like where you were at and like why this affected you. And then you go on some deep soul searching and it's fucking rough. And then right. you play the new one as an adult and it's about becoming an adult. And you're like, fuck, what? (laughs) All right. Well, I I guess I know what I have in store for me for the next few weeks. (laughs) Yeah. It's a fucking journey because I replay replay eight and seven every two or three years and 10 because those are like my favorites. Right, right, right. And then – Going back to them as a, at different ages, you'll definitely find new fun things. All right. All right. Uh, well, Aaron, it's been a pleasure uh, talking to you for the last uh, hour and 20 minutes or so. <laughs> Before I let you go, uh, know, know this, uh, Super Friends. We will have Aaron back on to uh, chat about uh, even more stuff that he does. Uh, yeah. we, we scratched the surface with uh, – 
basically a very r- role-playing slash uh, podcast-heavy uh, episode. Which is um, all right. That's kind of what oh, I'm God. known for on the internet anyway. Well, yeah, yeah, yeah. But there's a there's another side of Aaron that we'll get to. I promise you that. It's true. Uh, <laughs> so, Aaron, before we let you go, though, get out your plugs. Um, you can find me at Aaron Catano Saez on Twitter, uh, all one word. Um, you can find all my fantasy children at AMFC underscore podcast and all my fantasy dot com. Uh, listen to it. It's a lot of fun. Um, we start out with a different concept than we ended with, and it's experienced the growth of our show. Uh, it's a great time. You don't have to like tabletop to enjoy it. Um, and it's pretty much it. Back me on Patreon at patreon.com slash Aaron and help me make more cool shit. If you like my kind of worldview and how I believe in creating things. Yeah, do that. Uh, and I, uh, I, I give it the super friend seal of approval. I, you know, I, I, <laughs> I, 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 all my fantasy children is, is something that I have been like binging for the better part of like the last month or so. Um, I, I was late to the game to hop on, uh, simply because there's so much out there. Oh, um, yeah. and, and even after talking to Jeff about it, I was like, oh man, this is very much my jam. And it's just something that gets put in my back pocket. And then it's like, hey, you know, like I forgot this thing was a thing. And then mm-hmm. I, uh, you know, it's definitely, if you're uh, out there feeling sad about something and you just need to laugh for for an hour, you know, 45 minutes to an hour, uh, All My Fantasy Children is is like my recommended uh, medicine, I think right now. is Awesome. It, it's, it's the show that I very easily see as like, oh man, I'm sad and depressed. I just want to hear two friends laugh and come up with some serious, sometimes, well, sometimes serious, sometimes silly, you know, somewhere in between, sometimes both, sometimes all, like everything that you want, I think in a conversation between two friends and, and you know, creating characters, it's, it's there. It's in All My Fantasy Children and I highly recommend that. Um, and uh, certainly, I mean, let's get more people like back your favorite creators like that's something that's kind of been like on the forefront of my mind mm-hmm. lately um there is you know I, I don't know i know i think you sent a tweet out about it but like th- definitely like the the a couple weeks ago when something pretty big in the the uh tabletop world happened mm-hmm. um there was like a lot of like independent creators saying yes that's great that is great i'm i'm happy that this is happening because it, it it helps the, the industry and 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 everything but like also remember that there's like these independent creators who also need your support uh and like who is stuff people actively consume you know and they you know that's the thing it's 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 all about like if you consume a thing that you enjoy and you have the means you know everybody sees marvel movies and we all love marvel but like you know there's way smaller people who need your help to kind of not become marvel but you know to fucking live and keep making shit marvel ain't going anywhere some people might Right, exactly. And like, if you really, I mean, if you're enjoying something like All My Fantasy Children or like Party of One podcast or like Everything is Awesome, you know, if you're, or anything like, like, Jimmy watches Star Wars every minute, like, whatever your thing is uh, that you watch or listen to or whatever on a regular basis, like, you know, if I I don't, I, I don't, it's, I think some people have this thing. I was like, Oh, I don't want to give a dollar. Cause that seems cheap, but like, it's not nah, like it's everything not. is so, cause that is $12 a year. That $12 a year that pays for like a, a month's worth of hosting, um, for most people, uh, or for a lot of people. So like that, if one person does that, if 12 people do that, that's like, wow, that's a whole cost. Like an independent creator doesn't have to worry about cause 12 people are supporting them a dollar a month. I don't have to worry about host like hosting fees anymore. 
yeah. so like it all adds up so it's it's something that's like been really on the forefront of my mind lately is like supporting independent artists uh and that's just a long-winded way of saying go to aaron's patreon and and support him there if you can share it if you can't that's also that especially is huge yeah like it's just word of mouth and if you can do it great if you can skip a co- like one coffee a day or a month or whatever you know then great. You can support Aaron. If not, like if there, if you just, even if it's not about skipping coffee, you literally just don't have the money. That's fine. Like I, I know I can, I think I can speak for Aaron. And when, when I say we get it, like times are tough for people. Like you yeah. need to worry about yourself first and foremost, but like just sharing, sharing that Patreon, sharing all my fantasy children, telling people to listen to all my fantasy children, telling people to check out Aaron's Twitter feed or his Patreon or whatever, like all that uh, helps because it just, it, it's just, it flows. It's just the way yeah. that trickle down effect works. You so ain't wrong. Do that for Aaron. Do that for all your favorite creators. Uh, and I guess we'll end on that note. Aaron, thank you so much for being on. Everything is awesome. Thanks for having me. Once again, a huge thank you to Aaron Catano Saez uh, for coming on the show. Um, as you heard, we wanted to bring him back on and then I had my, uh, mental breakdown and we didn't even air his episode until 2023. Uh, with that said, um, I really enjoyed this conversation. Uh, Aaron is an infectious person of positivity. Um, his positivity leaks through, I think this episode, um, and it definitely leaks through, all my fantasy children, uh, his Twitter feed and, and anywhere you get to hear or see his work. Um, the positivity he emits is just, it's super infectious. Uh, and I, I really enjoyed this conversation and, and I, I do want to get him back on the show. So that will be, uh, something that we hope to do, uh, in this new season of everything is awesome before we hit our summer break of 2024. Uh, maybe even before we hit our winter break of 2023 here. With that said, I want to thank you all for listening to this episode. It was such a fun episode. Like I said, uh, make sure you check the show notes to see where you can find Aaron, uh, all my fantasy children and anything else related to what we've talked about. Um, make sure you do your due diligence and hit up make five calls.org. Um, or maybe it's make five calls.org or just Google make five calls. Um, and there's an app that you can download on your phone that makes everything super easy, but call your local representatives about things that matter to you. Uh, women's rights are on the line each and every day. Uh, the rights of, uh, the, you know, queer community are on the line every single day. So make your voices heard, uh, through fivecalls.org. I think that's actually the website and, um, you know, stay awesome.